The Kutta Sikh is Chelik Yudches, Shlach Gimel, a fascinating Rashi Sikha, which will include in Yonim Ufloim, incredible things, in Yonim and Halacha, Chsidus, and all of that is all tied in to this little tiny Rashi in this week's parsha. Sif Aleph. Shengret Filmol, as Pirush Rashi Alatera, Hagamas, or Kunt Mufaras, I'm Pshutish al Mikra, Rashi Alain is Madgish Kama Vakama Paomim. It's been discussed many times that the Rashi on Chumash, even though its ultimate purpose is to explain the literal understanding of the Psukim, Rashi emphasizes this numerous times. Nevertheless, it contains incredible concepts. From all other parts of Teira, including the secrets of the Teira, the esoteric. Part of Teira Ukiyadua, der Wort von Alten Rebben, as Pirish Rashi of Chumish is Yenoshal Teira, as it's brought in Hayoim Yoim, that what Alter Rebbe said, that the Rashi on Chumish is Yena, the wine of Teira, like the wine is ex- extracted from the grapes, so too what could be extracted from Pshute Shal Mikra, from the Rashi, is these deepest, most beautiful concepts. Able to dig deep enough and to reach these incredible ideas. and the wine of in First, you have to learn it through. You learn it properly and understand the basic, the literal understanding. Because even these incredible ideas and the wine, the secrets, Rashi inserted it within. The understanding of Sutishal Mikra. Also in our parsha, we find a Pirish of Rashi, which contains incredible ideas in Halacha and also the Hasidus and the secrets of Teda. But first we have to explain the simple understanding, the basic understanding of this Rashi, and only then. <coughs> Can we go and understand the Inyanim of and the Yena Shalter? So let's go to Siv Beis. Siv Beis is taking us in part to Parsha Shlach. After the Miraglim made their claims against Eretz Yisrael, that we cannot go into Eretz Yisrael, and Yeshua and Kalif stand up to defend Eretz Yisrael. In Hemshech Aksum and Pashasenu was very itself with Yeshua and Kalev and Gezok and Kaladas, Bnei Yisrael, Bnei Gedem and Eingen Eretz Yisrael. In the Psukim and our Parsha, when Yeshua and Kalev stand up to speak to the Yidden and tell them their opinion about going into Eretz Yisrael, state in Pasuk, the Pasuk says, Achba Hashem al Timreidu, do not rebel against Hashem. The Atem al Tiru Esam do not be afraid of the people of the land, from the people of the land. Ki Lachmenu Heim, they are our bread. Sort silam, their protection, their shade has been removed. Rashi quotes the Dibra Maschel, the words Altim Reidu, and his Mefarish, Vishuv, and then the Atm When it be Altim Reidu, then following that is, you shall not be afraid. Taichin Mefarshim. So what's Rashi saying? So it's really, really one word, Vishuv. So what's Rashi coming to tell us? Rashi Kuntzogin, as a Hemshech Akos of Altim Altiru Vagaymar, is Nitkim Bazunder Zach. It's not saying two separate things. Number one, don't rebel. And number two, don't be afraid. Rashi is telling us that not to be afraid is an outcome of not rebelling. That if you will not rebel against Hashem, then the following thing, the subsequent thing is, you won't have to be afraid. If you don't rebel against Hashem, then you do not have to be afraid of the people. Rashi's them, and the Mefarshim explain what is Rashi's, what is Rashi's, um, uh, what compels Rashi to say this. It's from the way the pasuk is structured differently at the beginning and the end. By it starts with who to not be afraid of. By Hashem, and by Altiru, who not to be afraid of, it says afterwards. And do not be afraid of the people. So for, when it says do not rebel, first it speaks against whom, and then it says what not to do. By Altiru, first it says what not to do, and then it says of whom. But the fact that it's not structured exactly the same implies that they're not two separate statements. If, 
if they were if they were the two separate statements, they would say, "Do not be afraid. Of, uh, do not rebel against Hashem. Do not be afraid of the people." Or or of against Hashem, do not rebel of the of the people. Do not be afraid. For the fact that it says it differently, and Altimreidu goes straight into the Altiru implies that they are one statement, not two. In parentheses, other from them was to state the Atem or Nitva Altiru. From the fact that it says the word the Atem and not the Altiru, which is by by Hashem it says Altimreidu, and there's the Atem, it seems like a word of connection. It's like trying to connect to connect the two. So either for one of these two reasons, Rashi feels compelled to furnish Rashi Machriach as Vahatim Altiru is a Hemshachot Tetzov and Altim Reidu. That's what the Mepharshim explain. Either the Be'er Yitzchak or the Maskele David, they say that Rashi derives from the structure of the Pasuk, that this is one statement, and therefore, <clears throat> Rashi explains that if it'll be Altim Reidu, then it'll be Altiru. The beer is a Berkasha. This explanation is hard to uh, understand. If Bahashem is part of the reason that's compelling Rashi to reach this conclusion, then he should have included the word Bahashem. Also, which is also part of Rashi's uh, 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 proof. As we said in the previous paragraph, should have also been included in his Divra Maschil. Or at least mentioned the Atem Altiru, hinted in the word Vigaymar. Because these are the words that are the proof to Rashi's Pirush. From them as Rashi break, Nitim Vart Bahashem, we meet divided the Gevarter from Posak. Is move on as ein Hechrich is, be Ikir Al Kopadam Nit from Loshna Kosov, nor from them Teichin Inyan Altim Redu. The fact that Rashi does not bring these words in the Divina Maschil, this implies, this uh, 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 tells us that Rashi is deriving his Pirush not so much from the structure of the Pasuk, from the wording, but more from the content of the Pasuk. And we have to understand where in the words Altim Reidu and the understanding of the words Altim Reidu does, <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> does Rashi deduce this, this Pshat that if it's Altim Reidu, then Vishuv Altiru. We're going to continue with questions on Rashi with the next couple of Rashis. Siv Gimel. The next topic Rashi after the verse that he lachmenu heim and as mefaris noichleim kalechem. We will eat them like bread. Is it understanding? Here too, we have some questions. Aleph. What is the Rashi mechadish? What's Rashi telling us? Says the movement of pastors as lachmenu heim ben gebeni adam meitas nidas dimensions anim lechem. Clearly, if we're saying about people that they are bread, we don't mean literally that they're bread because they're people. Nor is it an oizdruk. Uistruk means an expression. is an expression, a euphemism. We're going to win them as easy as eating bread. So why does Ashi have to say anything? They're bread, they're our bread. They're as easy as bread. Why does Ashi have to say anything? If Rashi is going to explain something, since the intent is that their the conquering will be as easy as eating, why does it matter if it's bread or a different food? We'll eat them. Why does the pasuk say And why does Dashi emphasize kalechem? Why does Dashi create an emphasis that the the, the, the ease is like bread? Gimul Adirabe, or actually on the contrary, Rashi Yigadav Mevayrezayn, Noichlem Kemachel, Bechlal Nitavke Lechem. Even though the Pasek says Lachmenuheim, Rashi should have explained to us that we don't mean literally bread, we mean food, that we can eat them like food. Peter Peter's from Lechem, Bekam, 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 as Rashi himself, for example, in Parshas Vayetze, Rashi says, Kol Dvar Meichel Kari Lechem, any kind of food, is considered is called sometimes lechem. Lechem is a is a overarching term that means food. So it should have. If Rashi has to explain something and tell us that it's that's going to be as easy as food as eating food, Rashi should have said noichlem kemaichel. That lechem doesn't mean literally bread. Why does there? Why is there an emphasis on bread? Especially if we know from other places that Rashi clearly tells us that lechem doesn't always have to mean bread. <coughs> Dalid. In the Dibra Maschil, Rashi's Ki Lachmeinu Heim. Rashi is explaining the Lachmeinu, Noichlem Kalechem. Why does Rashi add in the word Ki in the Dibra Maschil? 
Siv Dalid, one last Rashi with questions, and actually this next Rashi is what the bulk of the Sicha is going to be based on. After that Rashi quotes the word Sart Silam from the Pasuk, their shade, their, their protection has been removed in his Mefarach and explains Moginam Vechaskam, their protection and their strength. Gesheidim the, the righteous amongst them died. Iyav Shayamegin Aleim, referring specifically to Iyav, who was protecting over them. Dover Acher, then Ashi brings a second shot. Tzilo Yishal Hamokoyim Sarme Aleim, the shade of Hashem, the protection of Hashem, was removed from above them. Darfim Vashtein, Parvoz Neitzik Rashi and Tzvei Pirushim, we have to understand this is a classic Rashi, Sikha question, why does Rashi need two Pirushim? Vos is the Maile and Yedir and what is the advantage to each of them that Rashi uh, has to bring one, uh, this one, and then another one, and then, as we'll see in the Sikha as well, why is the first one brought first, and the second one brought second? So these are our questions on Rashi. Number one, what is the Hechrich for Rashi to say Vishuv al-Tiru, that it's one statement and not two? Why does Rashi explain Neuchleim Kalechem? Why does he emphasize Kalechem? Why is there a, a, a key in the Dibra Maschil? And why are there two Pirushim on Sard Silo? Rashi, and now we're going to understand Rashi. And in order to understand Rashi, we have to understand what was bothering Rashi in the first place. Rashi is Hechrich to learn in Azba'atim al-Tiru, is Atitzof and al-Timreidu, unit kinin mipneyatzmei. What is compelling Rashi to say that the Atim al-Tiru is an outcome, is a result of al-Timreidu and not its own separate command or statement? Is as follows. Freer verjetzelt, as the Meraglim of Engetainet, earlier it says that the Meraglim, the spies, claimed, as Ha'ama Yeshivaretz, the nation living in the land is strong. The people that we saw that were very large people, people of size. We were in our own eyes like locusts. And that's what we seem to be like in their eyes. It was a frightening situation. The Meraglim were afraid, and they were saying there was a frightening situation. Yeshua and Kalev do not deny these claims. How could Yeshua and Kalev demand from the Yidden not to be afraid of the people of the land? Without giving a reason why they shouldn't be scared. The Meraglim made a good case of why it is, it, they should be scared. Yeshua and Kalev said, oh, don't be scared. Why not? And this question is even stronger. After Moshe Rabbeinu, after this whole story, Moshe Rabbeinu says that we're not going into Israel. They wake up in the morning. The Yidin said we're going. Moshe Rabbeinu says do not go. And do not get destroyed. The people of Amalek and the people of Canaan are sitting there and they're going to destroy you. They're going to come out against you and going to hurt you. Even Moshe Rabbeinu believed that there was a reason to be afraid. So how do Yeshua and Kalev say, don't be afraid? <coughs> Another thing that's bothering Rashi. What do they mean, don't rebel against Hashem? They meant, let's fulfill what Hashem wants of us, and let's go to Yisrael. So they should have spoken directly, uh, uh, straightforwardly, about this specific detail. Gain in Eretz Yisrael. They should have said, let's go. Why have this more vague demand? Don't rebel against Hashem. Why couldn't they just say, say what they wanted? Let's go to Eretz Yisrael. So these are two things that are bothering Rashi. Number one, what's the answer? Why do, why do Yeshua and Kalev not address the question that the, going into Israel is a frightening situation? And number two, why couldn't Yeshua and Kalev just say, let's go to Israel? These are the questions that Rashi is addressing when he says, excuse me, they're saying that that altiru uh, don't be afraid is a result of altimredu. It's true that the people are strong. And there is reason to be afraid of them. Nevertheless, if you're not going to rebel, you're going to follow what the Abister commands. Shuv is demo to talk ancient art, a filo alpiteva to made up. Then 
because you are going in the ways of Hashem. Therefore, this leaves no room to be afraid, even uh, even naturally speaking. Even for a strong nation, because you have the Kayach of Hashem. They were saying, yeah, they're strong. It's true that they're strong. But if you go with Hashem, you have no reason to be afraid. That's it. They didn't say, let's go. They used the words, let's not rebel against Hashem. Because not rebelling against Hashem is what cancels out the claim that the people are strong. And it's the reason why not to be afraid. And then, if you're not going to rebel against Hashem, then you don't have no reason to be afraid. And then you can go straight to Eretz Yisrael. So they are, they did mean to go to Eretz Yisrael. But they were saying it in a more, uh, over, in a more uh, vague manner because they were trying to address the question, how can we go into this frightening place? And the answer is, you're going with Hashem. That's the first Rashi. Rashi's hachrich is not from the structure of the Pasuk, like, we, like the Mepharshim said earlier, but it's from the Pshat of the Pasuk. Here, Yeshua and Kalavah tell him to go to Eretz Yisrael. How and why? Go with Hashem. Hashem will, Hashem will go with you. You have no reason to be afraid. Vav. Now we go to the next Rashi, Kilach Meinuheim. Alpizeh is moving us behem shakalzeh as Rashi Mepharsh Kilach Meinuheim nechli mekalachem. This will also explain to us that Rashi says we'll eat them like bread. Dokenmen. Here we can. And therefore, we have to. And that question we said, what, why can we say, we'll eat it like food? Here, we mean specifically bread. And that's why Rashi has to say, because here, when it says, the Pasuk means specifically uh, something to do with bread and not any other type of food. Albert. So let's go back a second. How do we get to the bread? Lule Pirish Rashi. If not for Rashi said Nechlem Kalechem, Voltman Gitaich Lachmenu Hem. Now he would have touched this whole pasuk, this whole part differently. Lachmenu in them Inyan as the Knisseler to Israel and them Kibush from them Amsheba is Mochrech Pumfi Lachem. What we would have said is Ki Lachmenu Hem means that we should don't be afraid of the people of the land because we have to go into Eretz Israel. It is a necessity, like eating bread, just like eating bread is a necessity. So to go into Eretz Israel is a necessity, and therefore we can't be afraid. And this would explain the word bread. And this would explain why it says, Don't be afraid of the people. Conquering them. And our entry into Israel is necessary like bread. Therefore, we have no choice. You can't be afraid. We have, to, we, 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 have, we have to go into Eretz Yisrael. <clears throat> so that's how we would have touched. Why should I not be afraid? Because I have no choice. I have to go into Eretz Yisrael. The, 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 the going into Eretz Yisrael is a necessity. But now that we just learned in the previous if that Rashi is teaching that the reason why you don't have to be afraid is because Altim Reidu meets Adam must be given Kech when they wish because we're going with the Kech of Hashem. Kemadich Shein Nizogin as the time of Altiru is thus was Lachmainuim. We can't anymore say that the reason for Altiru is because it's of the necessity. First, it's an anointing filachem, it's necessary like bread. Because we already gave a different reason. We said Altim Reidu, we're going with the Kech of Hashem. Oich. If we were basing this on the necessity, this would raise a question. The Yidden ultimately survived another 39 years not being in Eretz Yisrael. So if it was such a necessity, how did they survive 39 years? Obviously the necessity wasn't that great. So therefore, Rashi doesn't want you to... If Rashi says nothing, we, we, we would touch the Pasuk, necessary like bread. Rashi doesn't want you to go there. A, because he just touched that the reason for Al-Tiru is for Al-Tim And B, because the Yidden ultimately stayed out of Eretz Yisrael another 39 years. Therefore, as he says, what it means to say is that when you will go in the way of Hashem, then you have nothing to be afraid of. And or because you are going to eat them up like bread. Therefore, the comparison to bread, and specifically to bread, is is not so much to the necessity of the bread, nor how we get the bread. They'll conquer Eretz Yisrael like eating bread. What is 
the significance of eating bread. In Vasas Pashtate, the Maile for Nachilas Lechem, and also, and Nasha didn't say anything. I says Nechem Kalechem. I should have explained. What does he mean by that? He says, Dav Rashi Nidris Taichin. Rashi does not have to explain it to us. The Benchamish Lemikra already learned this in Beshalach. Rashi Zokt as Lechem was Shalu Kahigin. Over there, there was a, we had a Sicha on this as well, that there was Lechem and there was Basar. The Lechem was a fair request, it was a legitimate request, and therefore the Abishter gave it to them. But there are upon in a friendly way and with a shining countenance. But the le- the basar, which there was a which was a inappropriate request or an unfair request, the Abishta gave it to them, not Badarachiba. So we know already that when the Abishta gives bread, the Abishta gives it Badarachiba. So when we learn over here Neuchlem Kalech, and we know to reference the Parsus Bashala, the bread that was a fair request, but the Abishta gave in Darachiba. Gives it in a friendly way with a shining countenance. When we come to the words, and Rashi teaches us that it means we will eat them like bread. The Abishter will give us the conquering and the eating, so to speak, of the nations in an even from the Rechiba, in a way of, of, of friendliness. And the shining countenance, as Eve gives lechem, like David gives bread. So the pasuk is saying, Rashi is telling us, not not like any other food, specifically like bread. We will eat them up, which means that Eve will give them into our hands, kalechem with ease, because the Eve is going to give it to us, with a friendly way, with panemiris. Ki lachmenu heim. That's it. Ashi says the word ki in the Dibra Maschil because this is part of the Altiru. Klalu klal Altiru samaritz. You don't have to be afraid at all. Because they will be given into your hands in a friendly way and with the shining countenance of the Abister above. <coughs> So the Pasuk is now flowing. If you will not rebel against Hashem, then you do not have to be afraid of the people. Because through the fact that you're going with the Kayach of Hashem, the Abishter will give it to you and you'll have no problem with the conquering. So, so far, so good. Now let's go into Se'iv Zayin, which is going to address the Sart Silo. The two Pirushim, why are the two Pirushim and Sartzilam? But again, these two Pirushim, Benashi and Sartzilam, is move on the Maile from Svetan Pirushim and Eshton from Lashon and Rashi Gufa. So we're going to start with explaining why there's a second Pirush. Why does Rashi have the second, why does Rashi give us a second Pirush? What's the Maile, the advantage of the second explanation? And you see it in Rashi's word itself. In Svetan Pirush, Zok Rashi, Tzile Shalamokim Sarmei Aleihem. Rashi adds in the word me'alem. Hashenki metchilas adibor v'amaitik zayn diverter from posik v'adas eshayich v'shavet zubeid the pirushim is a maitik nor diverter start silam. In the dibur amaschil, which applies to both pirushim and the, including the first pirush, Rashi only uses the word start silam. Nitem vort me'alem, not the word me'alem. In the second pirush, Rashi adds in the word me'alem. What's he telling us? Vabir bazeh. The loshin sor ubefrat sor me'alem. The word sor. And especially may aleim from them meant as the zach is a vegegaying from from fuzi is given freer may aleim means that the thing was removed from where it was when the gefin sechitz not zveten dart and was moved somewhere else. These the mitzvahs expected, but she still exists. In other words, you, you could say something disappeared, something stopped, doesn't exist anymore. The word sar doesn't mean that. Sar means it was removed from this place and put somewhere else. Aber leiten ersten pirush kshedim shebahem meisu. According to the first period, that the Kshedim, the, the, the righteous amongst them, died. Kumtuisa, that sale is Israel Gamrinita. There's no sale at all. Patanit the Lashin Sar. Then the word Sar doesn't fit. And especially not that it, went, it was removed from them, which is an extra emphasis that it was still exists somewhere. From them it was removed, but it's somewhere else. So that those words don't really fit well. The Rebbe led Rashi at Svetin Pirush, therefore Rashi has to learn a second Pirush. As Silor means Silish Alamokim, that it means the shade of Hashem. Lay them Pirush is glad to get the Lashon Sor, Ubefrat Sor Mayaleim. And this, according to this understanding, the word Sor 
and me'aleim uh, fits in so much better. The Abishta's shade always exists. I made a covenant with you and with your offspring and with everything that is alive, which means that the Abishter is always protecting. I don't know the word protecting. The Abishter is always there for, for creation. But Racham of the Abishter's Racham is on all of his uh, uh, creations. But on these specific people, he was removed from them. So if you say Tzilish Alamakim, the word Sar Me'aleim makes sense. So why does Rashi bring a second Pirush? Very simple. Yesterday the Pasuk says the word Sar and Tzila Me'aleim. So Rashi has a hardship, a difficulty with saying that it means Kshedim Shabaim because the Kshedim were Mesu, they weren't just Sar. Therefore Rashi brings a second Pirush that means that where the word Sar Me'aleim fits in better. And we could answer this question. Meaning it's, a, it's difficult, but we could answer this question. Even though, according to this first Pirush, Tzilom doesn't exist anymore, we could still touch uh, uh, it. But the fire brings this Rashi, which is why Rashi still brings it. Rashi even brings it the first Pirush. In other words, if if the if the words doesn't don't fit, then why did Rashi even bring it in the first place? But it is answerable, albeit bedoichak, and therefore, uh, but, but because it's answerable, Rashi could still bring it. How would we answer it? Like this, kid, come on. Yeshua v'kalev mitzayir zagin sart silam kshenu shemameso. When Yeshua v'kalev are speaking to the Yidden and they're saying sart silam, zanin tach nit uysin kivens reiden vegin silam vegin dikshenu shemahem. Their point wasn't to discuss the situation of the kshenim. Of the of of the protection, of the of the actual tzilam. Nor vegenim is They were talking about the people upon whom the tzil, the shade, was protecting. As since there's no one to protect them, is altiros amaretz. You have nothing to be afraid. Is da So the important thing here is not what happened to the tzil. Where did it go? Nor vasas what is happening with the people? Are they are they protected? Are they not protected? What the pasuk is Yeshua Kol is saying is you don't have to be afraid of them. They do not have a protection anymore. Even though in reality their tail died, but the, but they didn't, Yeshua Kol don't have to talk about that. Because you should, the important thing is that, that you don't be scared of them. Why not? Because their their shade, their protection is gone. So this is how you would touch the touch it eye according to the first pirush. That even though the, really the word sar doesn't fit so well, but since Yeshua and Kaliv are talking about the people, so the, the important thing is the sar They don't have protection. That's the important part. That's negate. That's that, that's relevant here. What happened to so was he mace? Was he moved? Was he somewhere somewhere else? Is irrelevant. So therefore, they could even use the word sar be'aleim because that's a because that's the most important detail that the amhaoretz don't have protection. That's how you would touch it according to the first period. That's how you would answer the question why use the word sar. So the reason why Rashi brings the second pirush is because because the word sar me'aleim fits better according to the second pirush. Ah, yeah. Why does it mean the first pirush? Because you could bedoichik, you could even explain sar me'aleim according to the first pirush. No, no, yeah, it's not doichik. But Rashi has faith in pirush. But because, as we said, this answers a doichik, Rashi brings a second pirush. Over kinal oich der pirush beginim mechaskim on art. The first pirush is answerable and therefore it fits. The other rabbi and on the contrary, Rashi brings the beginim mechaskim first. Why? In pasus haksuvim is der pirush b'stabar yeser. When you look at the flow of the Pasik, this this Pirush, the first Pirush of Rashi, makes more sense. But on Vibalda, the Psukim Rad Negan the Umo is Mistabaraz, Mitten Vart Silom, Mapen Zayert Sail, Kshadim Shebahem. It would make more sense to say that since we're talking about the people, Al Tiruas Am Haoretz, Kilach Menuheim, we're talking about them, it would make sense that Silom means something about them, not something that's coming above them. Need Silishalamakim. If we were talking about the Abishter, you should have said the shade, the shadow was removed. 
The fact that it says Sard Silom, their shade, and we're talking about them, what their matzav is, it makes sense that the sale will be something that's part of them. When their father is their purish, and that's why this purish is first, because it makes more sense to say that the tzilam is one of them, is part of them. But a yes, that the word sar me'aleim is not so, it's not so gishmak. So therefore, Rashi brings a second pirush that it means tzilay shalamokim. So Ad Khan, we explain these three Rashi's. And the flow of the psukim, the very, very gishmak way that Yeshua and Kalev are saying, don't be afraid of, uh, don't rebel against Hashem, which means do the will of Hashem, know that Hashem is with you, and then you have no reason to be afraid, because... When Hashem is with you, then the uh, then the conquering of the land becomes as easy as bread because the Abish there is giving it. There's two pirushim. One pirush means maginum v'chaskam, that the tzail is part of them, which fits in with the word tzilom. But sar doesn't fit so well, so Hashem means a second pirush, that it means tzilom shal hamokim. Siv Ches and on, we're going to go into the Yonim of Loim and into the Yenish Altair. And then at the very end, we're going to go back to the Psukim a little bit, but it's going to be Meyusid based on this, the, some of the uh, Yonim of Loim. And it, it's going to seem at first like we, we went totally off topic, and then obviously we're going to come right back on track. Siv Ches. When the Yonim of Loim Rashi, here are some of the incredible ideas in Rashi. Rebbe usually uses the word Yonim of Loim when he can intertwine other Chelke Hatera Halacha. And so on into the Psutishal Mikra. The Tzvei Pirushi Rashi is an Antoli in their Pluktu for Naman Veraivit. These two Pirushim in Sar Tzilam, if it means Maginam Vachaskam, or it means Tzilish Shalamokim, will be dependent on the Machlekes between the Rambam and the Raivit. The Rambam Paskind in Hilchis Sha'ar Ove Satuma. The Rambam Paskind, Shchitas Akum Nevela, that if a Goy shechts an animal, even if he shechts it, Kadin. Properly and supervised by a yid, nevertheless, it's an avela umetam obemasa, and it becomes tummy if you carry it and for sure if you touch it. In other words, it's not just treif; it's also tummy. A hilchas tumah betarim. Echad akum, echad akusi, egeteshav shchitas an avela. Whether regardless of what type of akum it is, shchitas an avela. The card of beinai shavza medivri seifrim. The Ramam holds this is a midrabanon, which means to say the Ramam is saying that the reason why this shchita is tomei is not just uh, is a part of so when he shechted this behemoth, we're chesed him that it was l'shem avedazara, and therefore yes that tumas tumas of a goy. A shechts an animal for for Rabbi Dezara is Tommy Midrabanon. Therefore, this would become Tommy. In other words, this is the Ramam's Chiddush that 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 it's not just Treif; it's also Tommy because of because of the halachas of Rabbi Dezara. The Rabbi is masik of the Ramam. The Rabbi asks a question on the Ramam Unuzakt, and this is what he says as follows: Akum him kebehemis, Akum are like animals. Vein metamen, vein bitamen, they are not Tommy, and they cannot make something else Tommy. If a guy touches something, it doesn't make it tummy. They are a nation that is compared to a donkey. Like a drop in the bucket, which means they have no significance. They are carried by the wind. They're nothing. And if someone considers them as something, is like trying to catch air in your in your palm, in your hand. So we're not yet sure what the what, what the uh, what the what exactly the Ravid is arguing on, but the Ravid is is coming strongly against the Rambam that Akum are they, 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 they're nothing. So the Kesemishna says, "Vasadanegeaz Akum is ein mitamin vein mitamin." Why is it relevant with regards to Tumah over here that a goy could uh, can't become Tumah or can't make something else Tumah? We're not talking about a goy himself. We're talking about Shchitas Akum. The fact that a guy is not tummy, the guy can't make something tummy, would be, would, would, I mean, say if it touches something, would, would, would be irrelevant to the guy, whether a guy could make something tummy through shechita. Is mevar the ragachover. So the ragachover explains like this, the asagas arrived, he says like this. Then is shayich as the shechitas on the kalkos on the When could the shechita ruin something? Defile something. If the person that's slaughtering the animal actually has, is considered to be something according to Allah. 
If the person that's doing the shechita is does not have a halachic status, then he can't ruin it. Since they cannot make something tummy, they cannot become tummy, they are air, they are nothing. You can't say that their shechita should ruin and make the animal into an avela. When the river learned the rivet, as shechitas akum nevela, he says not well that akum is mekalkel. Nor mitzadem, but shechitas akum is not kein shechita. When meila is a nevela, kibehemish shemeish shemeyalel. Therefore, the rivet holds that the reason why it's a nevela is not because it was slaughtered by the guy, but because it's a dead animal. If an animal drops dead, it's a nevela. So too, there was an animal that is now not alive anymore, and therefore it's a nevela. And therefore, the rivet is going to hold that it. it's not metami v'masa either. Because the, 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 the akum has no, has no halachic uh, 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 power to do anything. So this is, this is how the Ragachover explains this Machlekes Rambam and Ayvid. The Rambam holds that the akum has the power to make it into a novella and therefore there's also tamay, uh, also metameh. The masa, the rivet says the akum has no power to do anything, and therefore it is a taka on because it's a dead animal, but it has no, it, it, but it's not because of the shechitas akum, and therefore there's no tumah here either. Before we continue as to uh, to to, to uh, what how the ragachaver applies this machlekes to another area, we're going to learn in the brackets just to understand the words ein metamin ve'ein mitamin in the rivet. The rivet is going to ask. If the the, uh, the akum is a mitzvah of heder is is a non-existent entity, then why do you have to say that they are not tummy and they don't make other things tummy? According to the Ragachavir, what's important here is that they don't exist. Well, it's not irrelevant that with regards to tumah they don't make they, they, there's no they, they're not tummy uh, or don't make other things tummy. It's, it's, it seems irrelevant. The whole point of the, of the Raga Chavar is much more than that. That they don't even exist halachically. It came in Zogan as follows. Lekul yalma echad asar ayvid zanadak kama v'kama yonam alacha vaz b'nagiyah zay zanakum ikad metzius. Everyone will agree, even the ayvid agrees, that there are there are halachic ramifications to the existence of a guy. For example, if a, if a guy worships Avedah Zara, that Avedah Zara becomes Aser to a Yid. If a guy was a totally a Matthias of Eden, was a total a non-existent entity, then the fact that he kneeled to a uh, to an idol would not change the status of the idol, but the halacha is that it does. So we see that in certain aspects of halacha, the existence of a guy is Considered an existent void, and there are other examples. Therefore, the Ramam can't make a the cannot make a blanket statement that the Akum are always halachically speaking a non-existent entity. The Rebbe is a mesef from a vayra ein metamin ve'ein mitamin as b'shaiches to tuma zanzeki behemis that with regard to the halachas of tuma they are like behemis begad head they are non-existent also for ruach b'chafnaf like air catching air u'meila kenan zedachnit machin the behemis shashachtu is on metamis b'masa and therefore they cannot cause that the behemis that was slaughtered should become tummy b'masa masa and for sure by touching. So the Ravid says the words ein metamin ve mitamin because since since his argument with the with the Rambam is with regards to tumah, so the Ravid says with regards to tumah they are a non-existent entity and therefore they cannot they do not have the power to make this tummy to, to make this tummy b'masa. Fine. So the Ravid so the, so so now we understand that the machlekes of the Ragachavar explains the machlekes Rambam and Ravid are arguing whether akum are considered as an as a halachic. And uh, halachically, as an as an entity, or not, and and then the the ragachover continues based on this. The machlekes for nama and rivet, the akums and the begadim tzias are together. Heather, are they are they classified as an as a, an an entity, or they as uh, are they classified as a non entity? This brings another machlekes which would be which would follow their shittas, their 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 approaches. See by akum ishayach gedra shechapratis if. By a goy, the concept of Ashkech Pratis exists, individual divine providence. But that's the Rambam, the dynamic Edomitzius, is Gamahim Havagedar Ashkech Pratis. According to the Rambam, that they are a halachic entity, they also would be in the concept of Ashkech Pratis. Because the, the Teda recognizes them as an entity, Teda would also recognize that the Abishter is Mashgiach on them in an, in, in an individual way. 
But according to the Ramam that they are a non-entity, then if they don't exist, then there's no individual providence of Hashem upon them. So this is a major ramification, um, a major ramification that comes uh, that, that, that that is understood based on this machlekes Ramam and Ravid with regards to akum arayenke behemis or not hashachabratis are they considered a mitzias and therefore the avis says mashkiach bepratias avis just supervises them individually like lahavdil yidn or or not in sif tes we're going to say that now we can understand the two pshatim and ashi. These two titans, whether Tzila means their own protection or it means the protection of Hashem, now we could see how they are dependent on the opinions of Ram and Ivan. According to the first period of, of, of Rashi, Beninach are a non entity. Therefore, we can't say that Silam means the shade of Hashem. But says, give them free before Hashem was protecting them and now it was removed from them. Because that would mean that they were a real entity. The shade of Hashem means it's measured. It's it's tailor made to their existence. Like a shadow that is shaped based on the shape of the person. But we just said that according to this opinion, they don't exist. And therefore, they do not have the individual protection of Hashem. You can't say because if they are if they are a non-entity, then they have no Hashem and they have no tzel. A tzel is the whole concept of tzel is that it's prati, is that it's unique to the individual. Therefore, we have to say that this was something from within themselves. Amongst them, they had protection. You can't say that it means that the Abishtha's shade uh, was removed from them because the Abishtha is no shade from Hashem. They would say that the, that the Goyim are a halachic entity. And therefore, they are part of a Shechah Pratis. That the Abishtha's shade is relevant to them. It is. Uh, uh, connected to their existence canal, and if you can say that now that the that the that the Abishter is ready to go into Israel, they was removed that protection, that shade from them, which initially was there. So now we took a machlekes and that the Ragachavar applied to the concept of Shekhapratis. And we brought it back to our Rashi that the two Pshatim and Rashi, Sartzilam, fit according to the two opinions of the Ram and Ravid. That according to the Ravid, there's no sale of the Abishter on them, and therefore Tzilam means Maginam Vachaskam. According to the Rambam, there is a sale of the Abishter on them, and therefore you could say Tzilam Shalamakim Sar In Sif Yud, in Sif Yud and Yud Aleph, we're going to uh, go a little bit deeper into understanding this concept of this sale on the Yidden versus, uh, versus the Goyim and understand a little bit more Al-Pichsidus that the, uh, the idea of sale means that our actions bring down a, a, a mirror image of, of above to, to what we did, that's the idea of tzel, that when we do something, Hashem matches what we did with a hamshacha milamailah. It's also going to address the idea of schar v'einish by Umas Ha'elam. How, how do they get rewarded if they don't exist? Or they don't have a halachic entity? So, and, and, we're, and, and then we'll understand even a little bit deeper the, the two Pirushim and Nashi. We can understand this even clearer when we when we bring in chesedus. Until now, we didn't touch chesedus yet. We said that it was a machlekes Ramam and Ravid, Hashem Chapratis, and we went straight back to the Rashi. Let's let's employ the understanding of this according to chesedus, and then we'll understand it even clearer. The pirush from Tzilus Shalamakim is as the peulus Adam tuun ufan inyan lamaila bedugmas ubetzir apula. What does it mean, Sile Shalom? Okay. It means, according to Hasidus, that the person's actions down here, they accomplish something above that matches 
what was done down here. Similar to the to the image of what was done here is the hamshacha, what is brought, what is the impact, and what comes down from above. Similar to what the Hashem says, Taichus, and the pasuk Hashem tzilcha, Hashem is your shadow. As late in Yanimus, I took Lamata to in Zichuf, Dugmas and Yanim Lamaila, that according to what a Yid does down here, this accomplishes this impact similar to that above. Commercial Tzel Hadam, like the sh- shadow of a person, was the Oifenat Nuis from the mention Tutzich Dugmas and Mamish Patzel, that the movements that the person makes, this same thing happens to the shadow. If a person waves his hands, the shadow will also wave, it, wave its hands. And so similarly, when a yid does something down here below in this world, above, there is a reflection of that being impacted and accomplished above. Excuse me. Similarly, will also be when we say the shade of Hashem with regards to the nations. The Abishu does not withhold the reward for any of his creations. Their actions also draw down a shadow. To say something from above is drawn down to them as well. When they do a positive deed, for example, they fulfill one of the seven mitzvahs. Uh, that were given to B'nai Noyach, then they received schap. Or then they zided over Aveda. But Nimishach Melmaila at Seila Inyan Dugmas Pulasam, they bring down a shade, a shadow, something that was similar to what they did, Hezek negative, and Einish a punishment. If they did something negative, then they bring down a negative element which causes them something negative to happen to them. So that's how you would understand that Hashem Tzilcha. That's what Hashem is talking about Yidin. But if you apply that to all of the nations of the world, then when we do something down here in this world, we draw down from above a matching reaction. But this concept would only fit according to the Rambam. Then you can say that something is being drawn down from above in a specific image, which is consistent with the fact that they are they are part of the concept of Shekha Pratis. So therefore, Hashem can draw down something from above based on their actions. But according to the Ravid, that they are a non-existent entity. Then you can't say that their actions uh, bring down a matching reaction from above. The whole idea, pratis, uh, something can happen, and we'll see that in a moment, but to say that each individual action and each individual person can draw something down from above as a reaction to what they did, it doesn't work according to the David. So the question is going to be, how does, how is there a possible, how is it possible for there to be a concept of scharva einish? of consequences, of reward and punishment by Yom HaSoelom. If there's no Ashokha Pratis, and they are a Metzius of head, they're, they're, a, they're a non-entity, then how do you, how do you, how is there any, any uh, reaction to their actions? The Fishita Sarai, which the Rebbe explains as follows, is that Schar Ve'enish by Yom HaSoelom, Atetzor V'skum P'derech Memele, P'derech Tofel Fontachas Priyasam, is an outcome, is a result that happens on its own, Based on the purpose of their creation, in other words, when they serve their purpose, then by itself they will receive a piece of that pie. They will receive a reward because the purpose for which they were created was being fulfilled, as we will explain. Similar to the, fa- the fact that we find reward and punishment with regards to animals. But the Torah says that if a, beha- if a person did an inappropriate act with a behemoth, so the behemoth has to be killed. Even though the behemoth, you can't blame the behemoth for the sin. The Gemara asks, what did the behemoth do? Since uh, the person stumbled because of the behemoth, 
Therefore, the Bema gets punished. It's not a punishment. The Bema didn't do something wrong that it has to be punished for it. But rather, since the whole purpose of the creation of this animal was to serve the human being, if the Bema does not serve the human being, and rather she brings him to stumble, He's not talking about very metzius. Therefore, she has no reason to exist. Therefore, she has to be killed. Not, in other words, not punishing it. It just, it's, it has no purpose of existence. And therefore, it has to be removed from this world. Now that Achzayis is charbin, it's from Similarly, you could say with regards to the nations. Since the Avishter created the whole world for the Yid, is muchrech has eich the mitzvah and established in neach. Is does need with the mitzvah and established Yisrael with the tachlis of the esem kiyam mitzvahs. Now it's saying in tovim was for Yisrael when when the when the bnei neach were given. Sheva mitzvahs, it wasn't like the mitzvahs that you didn't have, which are the, the mitzvah itself is the purpose. The mitzvah, the purpose is that they should create a world for the Yidin. The whole purpose of the mitzvah is so that a Yid should be able to have a world within which to fulfill Tayro Mitzvahs. the river is echt scharf enish of design mitzvahs am suvav TV und mata was kommt le derach mele von sehr tagles. So now if a yid if a if a if a guy does a shem is in and thus makes it possible for the yid to do his mission his purpose. So when that mission and purpose is fulfilled, the positive energy that comes out into this world will automatically by itself be also part of it go, part of it will also go to the Umasailam who made this possible. But it's not a schar or an oinish, it's a natural outcome of what is going on in the world. This will also explain a fascinating idea. Why by Bnei Noyach, there's no uh, 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 different levels of punishments. If they transgress one of their mitzvahs, then they all have the same punishment with Misa. Not like a shade, a shadow, that changes according to the person's actions. By there's no shade, there's no shadow according to the David. And therefore, uh, uh, either they, they, they have a reason for existence, or they have no reason for existence. If they have no reason for existence, they're removed from this world, Misa. So, they, they, so there's not going to be different punishments based on different levels, because it's either they're part of the program, or they're not part of the program. So if, there's, if they're doing what they're supposed to, they're, they're contributing to the Sheva Sitzara, so that a Yid should be able to do Tero Mitzvahs, then they get a piece of that. But if they have not, Misa. So according to the David, is, is a natural result of the bigger picture. So according to the Rambam, like we said, there's a sale, and, and their, their, their reward or their punishment reflects their actions in this world. Now we'll understand the difference between the two shittas and Rashi according to Chassidus. The first period where it says, This is going according to the shit of the Ravid. And their reward and punishment is only something that is happening by itself. As a result of a greater picture, and therefore he can say that it means the shade of Hashem, because there is no shade of Hashem. Therefore, he has to say it means their own internal support system. Because of their own righteous people, this gives them strength, but this is not something that's happening from above. The second Pirish, that would be according to the Rambam. That they are a Mitzis, they are an entity, and there is a Shekha Pratis, and therefore there could be Tzila Shalamakim on them. Even though the Rambam is going to agree 
with the Ravid that the existence of Neinoyach and the mitzvahs of Neinoyach are Bishul Yisrael for the greater good, for Lashavah Sitzara, so that Yidin should be able to do Tehro mitzvahs in this world. The Ramam is going to have a different approach. Since there is a commandment to them on these mitzvahs, and they put these mitzvahs into the Tera and conveyed it to us through Therefore, we must say, since Hashem gave this Sivoy, it has to. Create something. It has to make something happen. So it has to be that when uh, 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 a Ben Noyach does this mitzvah that he was commanded by the Eibishter in Teira, that it will ha- it will affect something from above. Therefore, it's possible for the concept of shade, which is, as we said before, specific to this individual, to this person. It's something specific. It's possible. Because the said the Abish created this, made, gave this tzivoy. So the Abish made a possibility for the person through the tzivoy to accomplish something, according to the Rambam. To the point that it can be their shade. It's something that's their own thing. Because according to the Rambam, once, he, he, once the Rambam holds that they are a Metzias, therefore, even though their mitzvahs are for the greater good, nevertheless, they were the ones who were given this mitzvah by the Abish And therefore, that mitzvah could accomplish something. And therefore, it could make a sale, and they could have tzilam. And for the second shot, Rashi says, that they initially had the sale of the Abishter. So this is, is, is almost the same as what we said previously in Sif Tess. The added, the added element in, in Sif Yud, in, in, in Yud and Yud Aleph, is the idea of can Ben Noyach bring down a sale Milamaila? And that and depends on that would be scharva einish. According to the Rabbi, there's no tzel malmaila. Therefore, there's no scharva einish. It's just the scharva einish is bederech It's an automatic outcome from the bigger picture. Saying according to the Rambam, they are able to draw down tzilam from above uh, uh, as an, a result of their actions, and therefore it's shayach to say sar tzilam me'alem that it's tzilish shalamokim. See if you base. We're going to go back to the psukim. We're going to say that now we'll understand the psukim even better. And what he's going to do is actually. A little bit hard to understand in Mamish in the words uh, in the words of the Sicha, but but the pastors is the way I understand it is that he's is that Yeshua and Kaliv are actually telling the Yidden that there is going three levels. They're adding more and more with regards to what is going to happen if Hashem Altimredu we follow in the ways of Hashem. We can understand better some of the questions that we have in the Pesukim and Rashi. Why did Yeshua and Kalev add the words that that their shadow, their shade, their protection was removed? The previous Pesuk, that's what Ebster wants, he's going to give us a land flowing milk and honey. It's necessary. Even the beginning of this passage, that if you don't, if you don't rebel against Hashem, you will go with Avish's strength. He's cloud. He's cloud. There's no reason to be afraid of them. We're going to eat them like bread. That the nations will be given into the hands of the Yidden with a, in a friendly way and in a smiling count in a in a shining countenance. He's does alz mevarzai in the matzav Yidden darven zayin. This is all relevant to tell the Yidden what that what they how they have to conduct themselves. Don't be afraid. Go in and do what you have to do. And to zayin good. Why does Yeshua and Kalev have to <coughs> excuse me, tell the Yidden what's going on with the, with, with the nations? In other words, if Abishtha is going to give it us the land, as they said he would, and if we don't rebel on Hashem, we don't interfere. Why did he even have to know what's happening with the protection? We already know that Hashem is going to give it to us. We have no reason to be afraid. Base. To go a little a step deeper, if we know that we can eat them like bread, which means that they're going to be given into our hands, then obviously they have no tzilam. So why do you have, what's the chiddush? 
The end of the pasuk it says, "Vashem itanu altiron." You already said altiru asama oretz. Why does he have to repeat again altiron? Don't be afraid of them. That'll you say the mizu and more than that. Erisok teraz is as 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 his ginug as altimreidu vetu meilazayim b'shuv altiru. First he said that when you have altimreidu, that's enough, and because of that, it's altiru. Don't be afraid of the people. Doizer meisvatan vashem itanu. Here he's saying that because vashem itanu, therefore altiru. Seems to contradict. If Altim Reidu is enough, why do you need Vashem, Vashem Itanu? Is there beer in them? So here's the explanation. And first he introduces something and then he goes back to the beer. When the Eden conquered Eretz Yisrael, there were three different categories of, of, uh, uh, of things that happened to, 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 the, to the nations. Mason, number one, many of them died. They, 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 they went to war, they died. Number two, Vigera Shtomai, Gleich, Batul, Gamri. They were expelled, they were chased out of the land. That happened right away. That's the second thing. The first group died, second group were kicked out. And then the third group is Agorshenu. They will be expelled, but not them as Tifra. The Pasik says that if, if they would expel all the Goyim right away, then the land would be empty and the animals would come and inhabit the land. So the Avisha is going to leave people for a while until the Yidden will multiply and inhabit the land. And then, and then the Avisha will, 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 uh, will expel the rest of the nations. When in Savishans, they give in Avad and Vachulu. And in the interim, the people that were, there, that were there would become servants to the Yidden. Lachmenu, similar to the concept of there, there being our bread. Behem Shech Lahanal. So to, to follow up on this as follows. Even according to the second uh, opinion in Nashi, that by the nations there is a concept of the Avistur's protection. It's obviously understood that that, 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 uh, that is on the nations is nothing compared to the Ashkaprotis on Yidin. Who can now, as the mitzvahs from the Yidin is the Kavan and Zayalein, as we said before, the, the mitzvahs of the Yidin, they, that, the mitzvahs themselves is the whole purpose. So therefore, the Ashgach Pratis that is caused by those mitzvahs is going to be much greater than mitzvahs that are being done just for the sake of Yeshua Elam by the Yidin. So this was Yeshua and Kalev's emphasis. First, you have to know that you're on two different levels. Even if there is a Shkachapratis over there, it doesn't compare to you. So, as long as you have the Abishter on your side, as long as you don't rebel against the Abishter, you have nothing to be afraid of. That was their first statement don't be afraid. The Nachum is a basic event. Then now they told him, even the sale that they do have, even according to the second Peter, so there is Tzile Shalamakim, that was taken away from them. And here comes a third Darga. Not only did they lose their sale, nor... Unachmer Vidas, Hashem is not Itonu, Hashem is not just they don't have a shade, but the shade is with us. Hashem is with us. Not only do the Yidin not have the shade of Hashem, the protection of Hashem, of Hashem itanu. By the Umisailam, even there is Tzili Shalom but it's only a Makif. Makif means that it's from, from far away. It's a, it's a distant protection. Or by Eden is the Ebishter not only in Makif, nor Echi Tonu, Er Mitzayin HaShkoch is Ech Mesiachet Metutz. By the Ebishter, and Yidin, it's not just that the Ebishter is a sail from the distance. Nor Itonu is with us, he becomes one with us. He's with Melo Muva, not to bring Nitor Altiru Asam Oretz. So obviously this brings about, not just that we shouldn't be afraid of the people of the land, nor Ech Altiru Stam. We don't have to be afraid of them at all. Not only as they inhabit the land, not only do they become, do they lose, are they not anymore the people of the land because they were given into our hands like bread. They become uh, uh, totally nullified because they have no shade at all. So, the way I understand this is 
that there's three levels here in, in, in the Psukim. There is Vashem al Timreidu, Vaatim al That first of all, realize that, that, that you have nothing to be afraid of. Number two, Sartsila Mayalayim, that they have lost their tsail, meaning to say that, that um, their tsail is, which initially was only with Chinas Makiv, now, now is not there at all. And number three, we have the tzayl of Hashem, and not as a makif, but rather as a, a, a as one with us, and therefore the us, the 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 Yidin, the the Amar, the don't even exist. it doesn't even say the words Amaretz. It doesn't fit perfectly into the words, but this is the way I understood it. And according to this, then you have these three levels would fit in to the three uh, 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 sugim in Kibbutz Aretz. When you say, um, uh, that's referring to the third level mentioned here, but in the interim, they will be Lachmenu, they will be our servants. When it says, they have no tzel, therefore it's Vegeir Ashtomai. They, they, they will be expelled from Ashtomai right away. When it says, Hashem itanu al-tirom, therefore they don't even exist, that's in the Misa, there's no existence of the, of the Amorites. And he, and he adds, in the end of the Sikhah, this also is consistent with three other Sugim that it speaks about what actually happened to them. That when, number one, it says, you should not let them live, which this would be the union of Misa, that they cease to exist entirely. Then there's the idea of they made peace, and they paid their taxes and they served. That was the idea of Lachmenu Heim, which was which worked in the Pasik of Altiru Asamaritz Ki Lachmenu Heim. And then there's another thing which is discussed in the in Yerushalmi, Girgashi Pino Lafriki, the, the, the nation of Girgashi, they ran away to Africa. When later they came back saying that we want our land back. But in the meantime, when Yidin the Bakumen, so they say, I'm Kishen Zruis, of Karmen Kishen Tuis, when the Gigashi ran away, the Yidin received their fields ready planted and their, and their uh, vineyards ready uh, filled with grapes. Um, so that was the Indian of Gerashtom Eglaich, which was Sart Silome Alehem. Again, I don't, it doesn't fit perfectly into the words of Kachnirale and Niazdaiti, the best way to understand this. And, um,